0: Hello and welcome back to Falling Out. As ever, I am your host, Elgin Strait. And I hope you've listened to the first half of this interview with Yosei Sama. If this guy hadn't been through enough chaos and upheaval in the beginning part of his childhood, he's certainly going to go through some in the second part that you're going to hear today. And I alluded in the last episode to the fact that growing up queer in the Moonies is a difficult thing to do. And to give you a little context there, before we dive into this episode, I just want to share one quote from Moon, which is just a tiny, tiny snippet of the volumes that he spoke about, all manner of topics including this one quite honestly but this is just a little tiny sliver and i'm not even going to read this shit on my own i'm going to let a computer do it here it goes homosexuality is unnatural against god's law of creation homosexuals are growing in number they bring the question of homosexual rights even to the congress then can we leave things as they are, no? Or do something about it? What shall we do with this problem? We will try to persuade and convince those people. But if they don't listen to me, or listen to us, what would we do? If after knowing the evil of homosexuality there's any one of you who still wants to be homosexual? hold up your hand no one if with this knowledge you still would want the old way of life in homosexuality you are less than dogs even the animals wouldn't do that would the male dog do that with another male it is far less than an animal yeah sometimes i sometimes i think maybe this this needs to be lightened up with some humor but i can't think of anything fucking funny about this shit (sighs) fuck man um You know, anyone who grew up in this environment and people who grew up in many other environments all suffered an enormous amount of shame and guilt around the topic of sexuality, but none more so than those who grew up queer. And it reminds me of a conversation that I had with a friend of mine who told me about someone that he knew who grew up in the Jehovah's Witnesses and was gay and later committed suicide. And it's not hard to imagine why when you think about the torment that words like that can put someone through. When you're told that the person who knows everything about the world and how it all hangs together and holds the key to happiness, when you're told by that person that an innate part of you makes you lower than a dog, what the fuck do you think that does to someone? Fuck this shit. So fucking hard. And I am so grateful that Yose came forward. I know that there are actually people out there listening to this show who, who haven't even grown up in the Moonies, but grew up in other extreme controlling environments, queer. And let's be honest, you know, that shit wasn't easy for them. And I just think listening to what Yose has to say can bring some comfort to them. Maybe give them some clarity and some hope that, yes, things do get better because they do. And we talk about that. This is tough, though. Um, We talk about suicide in here. And if you've been listening, that has now become a recurring theme. And in this interview, we also talk about the, the gaslighting that the cult does to you, that many cults do to you as a member of the cult. The cults tell you that if you're experiencing something bad, it can't be that bad. Maybe it's just, maybe you just had the bad experience and maybe actually the whole thing is good. And that's something that USA talks about here is almost this like, this still feeling this 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 voice of the, of the apologetic in his mind. And that's something that I've had and I'm sure most people who've been through any other controlling environment have had as well. The reason I mentioned that is you know, it's very easy to, to fall prey to that. Well, what I'm hoping is that by people listening to this show, they will see that these are not isolated incidents. This is a fucking pattern. It is a fucking pattern of abuse, of moral corruption, of fucking evil. The Unification Church is a pattern of evil run by narcissistic Fuckwits, and all they care about is themselves and how they can manipulate other people around them to get what they do, they want. And they don't care if they fucking destroy lives. They don't care about the kids who've committed suicide, and they don't care about the kids who've died out there, fucking raising money for them. Fuck them so hard. If you've had to live through this shit as a queer person, then my heart goes out to you. Thank you, Yose, so much for getting involved. Here it is, part two with Yose.
1: fell into an air vent.
0: I think the universe is trying to tell you something here. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's exactly what I took it as. I was was like, well, okay, I guess this isn't for me then. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, around that time, actually. Um, so, you know, I started to understand more what sex was about attraction and that sort of thing um and then i had the horrible realization that oh god i think i might like boys as well that's probably not good that must have been wait so how old were you probably about 12 13 okay and this was in in wheatland still okay okay um and I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. No, 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 no.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and then I had an experience, um, with a bully from my school where, um, I had some thoughts about him <laughs> and I was like, Oh, Nope, no, I guess. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's, oh, I guess I am. Uh, what do I do with this oh, now? It's,
0: man, you know? it's so hard. Jesus.
1: Um, but so i was i was holding on to that and then uh, jumping back to my stepmom left my dad she went down to berkeley my my stepbrother is off in the military um and uh my my dad once again rolls his charm and convinces my stepmom that he'll change and that things can be better and that maybe they should just get out of wheatland because there's no opportunity there and they should all go down and live in the bay area so we moved to berkeley okay and this is 2004
0: okay
1: um i see you taking
0: notes (laughs) yeah yeah i got the i got the, the location and the year Yep, yep. so uh
1: so we moved to the the church center in berkeley it's okay. a big it's a giant like castle of a house uh up at the top of hearst avenue um okay. it's like oh, where... that, it's called
0: Hearst house right yes yes this it place. is someone yep. mentioned that to me otherwise yeah. yeah
1: yeah i think someone else stayed there there's a yeah. number of things that have happened there i think at one point it hosted um a school uh, at one point, I think it was a okay. church center. Before they found the, okay. the church center in Oakland, okay. it was like their training center when they were taking people from yeah. Berkeley campus and like, hey, let's yeah. come have this free vegetarian dinner at, yes. at you and, know,
0: and then we will indoctrinate you very exactly very shortly afterwards. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, so we we lived there for a little while, and once I was in the Bay Area, that's when I was starting to be a lo- little bit more comfortable with the idea of being being gay or or whatever it was that i wasn't quite sure um so on one hand i was like oh here we go again i'm you know I, i i made it all the way up to freshman year of high school but now i'm uh now i'm in a new place again so yeah yeah all right it is what it is i guess yeah uh but i was also kind of grateful because i'm like okay well this is supposedly like the gay friendly area right you know yeah I'll, i guess in a way right here
0: as soon as you say you say you know berkeley san francisco bay area you're like okay at least like of all the places in the world that is probably the most friendly right uh you know yeah the, the most friendly towards homosexuality or right? i mean it's yeah. kind of like known for that right so i guess at least that's something but yeah yeah uh, so,
1: um, a lot of stuff happens here too, as well. So I'll, I'll kind of try to condense it as much as possible. Okay. Um, the reason I was like kind of expanding on, on Wheatland is cause that's when that, that was the time when things started to shift in a big way. Yeah. And you know, Bay area is also a time where things shift in a big way, but I can try and gloss over some things.
0: Okay.
1: Cause I know we're already running a bit long. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, so we live in, in the Hearst Center for a little while, and then eventually we find a place in Oakland. Um, so we move one more time. So we go from okay. Berkeley to West Oakland to East Oakland. Okay. All between, like, 2004, 2006.
0: Okay. That's, God, that's, that's yeah. still so much. Jesus. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it, uh, I'm there at, in 10th grade, and I'm starting to integrate myself into the Bay Area Church. Mm-hmm. Um, but not really feeling super welcome because it's a little bit cliquish and you know, a lot of kids grew up together, yeah, we all knew each other. A lot of kids went to the, the like that church has a school there. Uh oh, I can't wow. remember the name what, of it. Like for high schoolers? It's oh Principal Academy, that's what it's called. Okay. Whoa. For like Poor elementary name. to maybe like middle high school.
0: Okay. Um, I don't all know right. if they have so a lot school. of them kind of went
1: up through that
0: to, Right. To, you know,
1: Plus, a lot of the kids there all go to the same high school yeah. in San Leandro,
0: okay.
1: um, which is right next to Oakland. Okay. Um, so you know they not not like clickish in in like a judgmental way of saying that. It's just more like they all know each other, and then there's this weird kid that comes yeah. in from all over the place. Yeah. And I do get some friends there, and you know some of which I'm still very close friends to this day. Hmm. Um, but still kind of felt like, like an outsider, but I felt more accepted, continuously more and more accepted in the secular world, as opposed to in the church world where I felt a lot more judgment, a lot more like oppression, a lot more, um, uh, this, this feeling of like, who the fuck are you, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: whereas in the secular world, it was sort of like, okay, you're weird, but a lot of us are weird. So cool. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, if, yeah, I just feel like, yeah, you would, I mean, how, what do you remember them saying about homosexuality? Like, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of curious on that.
1: Yeah. So we're actually about to get into that. Um, okay. <clears throat> um, There are a number of things that were said about homosexuality. Overtly, not too much. like the topic wasn't really brought up all that much it was brought up in the sense of like when you were talking about purity you know as like being straight is the way to be pure yeah you know like god hates free sex and aids and homosexuality and yeah. you know on and on and on yeah it's it's all kind of it's lumped in together yeah there are a few speeches that moon gave in particular where he specifically refers to homosexuality and mm. you know there's the famous quote of him saying that uh homosexuals are dung eating dogs yeah. or referring to like them you know it's translated from korean but it's still it's still a somewhat of an accurate translation is just kind of weird like he describes like you know like women do you want that kind of relationship do you want to pour that kind of uh, or uh, something like (sighs) homosexuality in 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 the culture of the world is like where all the all the dung and wastewater collects you know women do you want to pour that wastewater over you you know men do you want to like bathe yourself in in, in that filthy water Jesus. you know and homosexualities are like uh, the homosexuals are like dung eating dogs you know that only they go after this kind of dirty thing you know like the way that he talks and the yeah. way it's translated it's a little bit weird but essentially talking literal shit yeah. about homosexuals
0: yeah
1: um <clears throat> It's kind of like, uh, uh actually, uh, in the uh, late 2000s, early 2010s, there was this whole thing in Uganda that was happening where
0: yeah.
1: they introduced legislation to uh, uh, essentially make homosexuality a capital punishment. Where they would, yeah. what they called the kill the gays bill, yeah. And there was one religious leader who, um, uh would show gay porn and was like you know see here this is what they do they eat each other's poo poo and you know like like would just show the like the most disgusting awful fetish porn that he could find to show like the worst aspects of humanity and like that's not what homosexuality is that's just some people being gross but same kind of equatable, like, Jesus. you know, just using the worst examples to paint nah. with a broad brush and saying, like, these nah. are these dirty people that are going to make you sick and going yeah. to, you're going to live a diseased life, you're going to die of AIDS and that sort of thing. So that's, that's what Moon had to say about homosexuals. Yeah,
0: Jesus, I hadn't heard about that. Um mm-hmm i mean i know the uganda connection i don't know well there's a uganda connection to a, a certain individual um uh,
1: who we will actually mention in just
0: a moment okay okay should we, yes. should we talk about that should we talk yes. about that so okay, let's let's th- let's do that uh, Yes. Yeah,
1: so there's a little bit of a backstory we'll, we'll get uh, to the moment i know i uh, jump around but uh, that's there's right. a purpose that's all right <laughs> so so at this time um i'm i'm a lonely teenager who has found the internet and found a little bit of a social life online. Yeah. Um, and I used to journal quite a lot. And that was how I just tried to get through existence. You know, Mm. I'd 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 play music, I'd listen to music, I'd write, I'd, you know, try to express Mm. my creativity. And I was very, very, very lonely. And at this time I was realizing like, okay yes i like boys i guess i gotta figure out how to accept that and it's the just the it's just becoming stronger and stronger and something i can't ignore like having crushes yeah. and, and that sort of thing yeah um and i start writing in my journal about this imaginary boy that um i i essentially made up a boyfriend okay um, and write about it all in my journal
0: yeah.
1: and at the same time all of us uh, second gen kids were hanging out on zanga this is pre-myspace
0: okay yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <clears throat> zanga and live journal yeah so i was uh I, I was i was posting a little bit here and there on okay. zanga okay it was like just kind of sprinkling stuff in just to see just to see what would happen you know is there anybody out there who would be supportive like trying to feel my way that's an interesting
0: way to sort of test the waters in a very kind of neutral i I get that's that's a very clever to try and to try and sort of suss out suss things out That that's that's really interesting
1: i didn't realize that's what i was doing at the time but later on
0: yeah yeah okay did he have a name The uh
1: (laughs) yes uh jason miles jason miles
0: yes tell us about jason miles (sighs) what's the deal here
1: oh jesus christ you're gonna make (laughs) me do this (laughs) well so so if we're going full disclosure here (laughs) 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 this boy was based on someone i met at a one heart camp oh oh even um, better yes that okay. i crushed love, on.
0: It. love it yes. and he
1: knows who he is
0: okay we're
1: still friends to this okay. day i'm not going to out <laughs>
0: him okay okay um
1: <laughs> but yeah it's not so loosely based on him okay, okay. um amazing to the point where uh, oh god i carried a picture around of him okay okay um because i got a picture of us at one heart camp and i was like well I'm save that yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so i was a little puppy dog it's all right um yeah so i invented this boy who i supposedly met at berkeley high school yeah. and um because that's some place where my friends from my school went to go hang out at berkeley high after school okay um and i met some people there so i was kind of putting together little pieces of my life that were true but building a lie out of that i wrote this whole backstory and all that kind of stuff um and uh at um it it got so intense at one point that i actually created a whole breakup story Mm. for some reason like Maybe I wanted a breakup. I don't know. I wanted the experience of dating, and this was the way that I could get it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I wrote about this whole breakup, and it was this big, epic thing. And then I came into school one day sad. And my friends sitting around the table were like, What's wrong? I'm like, No, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, No, what's wrong? You're obviously upset. It's like, oh, Okay. Oh, I broke up with my boyfriend and they're like oh that's that's so sad i'm sorry like are you okay And you want to talk and i was like wait so none of you are freaked out by the fact that i said boyfriend and they all just sort of looked at me like do you know that you had a boyfriend like do do you know about this because we all knew like from the beginning um uh welcome to the club all of us at this table are queer Uh, oh oh we found each other i get it Oh man that's amazing that's amazing all right i think i might be okay with this
0: amazing
1: um and so i started feeling kind of comfortable about it wow um but then there's still the church aspect of it where i felt the the guilt and self-loathing and that kind of stuff yeah and I was still kind of going back and forth on it. Um, still very heavily influenced by, you know, purity culture, as well as like my dad's conservativeness and
0: yeah.
1: feeling like, well, you know, I might, you know, have these feelings, but homosexuals are just bad in general. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's gay pride? Like, boy, what's there to be proud of? That's that's a that's a disgusting thing, yeah. you know. Um, and then At the very last One Heart Camp that I went to, um, on our very last day, there's this little thing that we do where we all sit around in a group and we essentially confess our sins is is what it is. The
0: church loves doing that shit.
1: Yeah. But it's like, we're going to talk about, you know, this is our last day. We've all gotten to know each other really well. We're all supportive here. We're going to talk about things that we're struggling with, and then we're going to like you know, show love and support for our brothers and sisters. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a very emotional thing. There's people crying, you know, mm. it's like uh, one, one girl is like, I've, I've been drinking, you know, another ones like, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I've been watching porn or whatever it is. Right. Like, you know, I had a boyfriend, but it's, it's okay. Like, you know, whatever, like I I, I broke mm. up and like, we haven't had sex or anything, so I'm not fallen and, mm. Uh, so it feels very comfortable. And I say, um, I've been having issues with same sex attraction, and I've been dating this boy. And it's just silence. Oh, my God, I
0: can just imagine <laughs> like the needle scratch on the record
1: nobody knows Jesus how to deal with Christ. it like,
0: Jesus Christ dude. <laughs> um
1: and my memory is kind of hazy like i I feel like they oh, were supportive, shit. you know, I don't think they were like they shunned me or anything they were they were okay. like trying to deal with it, nobody was like, Ugh, get out, but okay, yeah, it was still very much like oh, okay, what do we do about this you know mm. um and then I thought that was the end of it, uh <clears throat> but then very soon after the pastor of that church um, came up to me one day after Sunday service and was like, Mm -hmm. I need to talk to you privately. And he said, um, somebody told me um, about uh, your same sex attraction issue. And, uh, this is not okay. You need to understand that it's not okay. We need to deal with this.
0: Jesus Christ. So man. the church does this all the fucking time, like mm-hmm. this whole, like they, they encourage you to out other people. Um, mm-hmm. they have they, they have this culture of confession and then they try and out you at, at, at like at any, for anything you do, they try and out you for whatever. And like, Oh, man. And and, I mean, say what you will about about confession in the Catholic Church, but at least it's kind of like it's stuck in the box, basically, Mm -hmm. like that that priest can't go out and like tell anyone about it. Basically, that's kind of like part of the the whole deal. Whereas in the UC confession culture, no, that doesn't exist. There is no right. No right to privacy with that information.
1: No, absolutely not. No, especially because it's for your own good you know yeah we're trying to save you yeah any any coercive manipulative tactics that we can use that's that's for god yeah
0: yep.
1: oh man so uh yeah so he pulls me into his office and and we have a little chat about it and he says look i won't tell your parents if you promise to read this book and he gave me coming out straight by richard cohen (laughs) and richard cohen is who you were referencing yeah he is the one who is tied to the kill the gays" bill in uganda uh he is a ex-gay quote therapist uh he has no license yeah he was kicked out by uh all authorities on um psychiatry psychiatry and psychology um and his license has been revoked; uh, his practices are highly questionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still practices to this day. Um, i don 't know if it 's illegal or not um, what he does, but he somehow gets around it and he he is actually a supposedly an ex church member yeah he he was blessed through the church he was a mm-hmm. member. I think he's still a member. yeah. I think he just broke off from the church so as not to be associated with it so yeah. that he can continue doing what yeah. he's doing. Yeah. But the church loves him yeah because he's doing God's work. Yes yeah. So ha, yeah have, if, if asked he won't.
0: Yeah, I think he'll deny it. Have you, Have you ever met him or did you ever do any like therapy with him or anything like that after like or was it just a book that you were given? I haven't met him,
1: Um, but interestingly enough, uh, my dad did some therapy with him back in New Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, My dad knows him, Um, and I find that interesting. Um, I actually have some suspicions of my own that my dad might have been either gay or bisexual. Okay. Um, There are a lot of hints (laughs) he's a very effeminate man okay i know he's i know he's british but that doesn't mean anything like he Mm. he is very into opera and classical music okay and and the arts and floral paintings and everything everything delicate you know like and that's not to say that that means you're gay but especially from someone of his era like he was born in 1948 yeah uh yes Forty-eight, something like that you know he he grew up in in a very repressed era so it's um and i'm
0: not the only one who suspected him okay
1: (laughs) he comes off as possibly gay Um, okay interesting interesting so I, i i i have my suspicions on top of some other things that he said
0: okay years later which yeah but um yeah so i uh I've so i've actually met richard cohen uh mm. and it was when i was a kid too so he um he was in the dc he lives in the dc area for a time yeah. or maybe he was just visiting i don't know but i think he was, he, he, he lives, lives there yeah. he lives okay. like dc
1: virginia somewhere okay. around there yeah. And then, yeah. yeah
0: so that's where i grew up um and um my there was a time when he uh i remember being young i was probably like between eight and ten years old um and I like recently my father had like just told me what being gay was um, mm-hmm. and the way he told me, actually, so I told, I actually told the story in another recording, but I want to, I want to do it again now because I think it'll, will help bring some context. Sure. But sure. Basically, absolutely. Basically um, we, so I think I was like between eight and 10 um, years old and he, um, we were driving from the DC church back home um, and we drove by a pride parade um oh um, dear <laughs> um, <laughs> and i was yeah between eight, eight and ten years old and i asked my dad i was like hey i was like dad what's this like what are these people doing uh and he was like well you know how we've talked about the fall of man and how it's it's when a man puts his penis in a woman's vagina uh, oh sure sure there sure are, yeah, there are, he's like he's like there are some men who like to put their their penis in other men's butts um, and were that, that is considered very unholy and it's a very, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very, you know, wrong thing to, I forget exactly what he said, but, but I remember he was very specific about this is, he just, he boiled it down to this specific act. So like, what you, what happens with a dick as opposed to anything else about the relationship or anything else? Like all, all that matters. But that's is,
1: all anyone can ever all, think of. Yeah. Is sodomy. It,
0: yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what he told me homosexuality was basically homosexuality equals sodomy is basically what he told me um uh and that was it and it was it was bad and it was wrong and you know th- th- all this sort of all this sort of shit so that was my introduction to it at the age of between eight and ten and then mm-hmm. sometime around then um i am for some there's there some like church get together at my parents house um And, you know, we'd have people come over and they'd be like, this is the X family. Here's, you know, Mr. Smith or whatever. Um, And they'd be like, oh, he works at the Washington Times or he works here or he works here. Like it was kind of like introduce them by their profession. Um, And then then Richard Cohen and his wife came over for something for something similar. Uh, And my dad was like, oh, this is Richard Cohen. He used to be gay, but now he's not and his job is, is is helping people to not be gay. <laughs> um and I had never I, I had no conception of the only conception I had was that one conversation I had with him after when we were like moved back or driving back from the Pride parade basically. Mm-hmm. Um but it, I mean in hindsight like I'm like yeah he was Richard Cohen is very effeminate. Like, it definitely seems like he's probably gay. Like, looking like knowing what I do now, looking back, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, like I can kind of see it. Um, and yeah, anyway, I just thought, it's just crazy that like that's like th- that was my introduction to this whole topic. And I've I haven't spoken to the to the guy since then. I don't know. I have no idea what happened with his family or whatever. But yeah, like,
1: he supposedly still is with his wife, and supposedly has a great, loving family. But you know, I. I spent many years hating him. Mm. Uh, I don't really hate him so much anymore. I hate the okay. concept of uh, ex-gay therapy. I yeah. think it's really horribly traumatic and it really fucks people up yeah. for life.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I feel sad for him. I feel yeah. really heartbroken for him. Yeah. Like, a- And this also goes for our parents as well. Like he's... He's a casualty of yeah. this, this fucked up idea of how people need to be, that they have to fight against their the core of their identity. Yeah.
0: You
1: know, because there's something inherently bad about them. Yeah. And they have to change that. When really they're not hurting anyone else except for them. They're hurting mm. themselves by fighting who they are. Mm um and i can see it in his face i can see it in his eyes i can see how much pain he's in i can see how much he's hiding how much he's he's just repressing and i see that in the the looks of our parents face i see that in the glazed eyes of the church church members you know i see it in the way that they 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 start to think about their doubts regarding the church. Like if anyone asks them about the church, they'll kind of think about it for a second and then launch into this uh, prepared uh, response that they have that shuts down any kind of doubt and says that, you know, validates why they've given 20, 30 years to this, this movement and why they've invested everything in something that is really strange and maybe maybe, doesn't really make sense but you know as it's what saved them that's yeah what they're programmed into and that all makes me so incredibly heartbroken I've I've spent so many years being angry about it and I still have some anger but it's what's left is just heartbreak for Mm. all of them for our parents
0: yeah yeah that's really interesting um I think I'm still in the anger stage if I'm honest, my um, yeah. uh, but the heartbreak is the heartbreak also definitely. Um,
1: I, I also want to yeah. preface that with like, yeah. I don't, I don't mean to say that as like, you should forgive everyone and yeah. you should not be angry. Like, um, <laughs> you know i love that that zach de la rocha line from rage against the Machine." Mm. anger is a gift it really really is yeah. like anger is yep. precious it is a valid yeah. emotion
0: yeah you
1: know if you're angry you're angry and no yeah. one should tell you oh calm down you know yeah. don't don't worry about it and don't make a big deal out of it no make a big fucking deal out of it yeah. it is your deal to make
0: yeah
1: it's not my place to say anything like uh it's it's just where i am in life mm. that's you know yeah. Yeah, I, 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 don't totally know how I got to this point. Yeah, other than with time and understanding and certain events that have happened. Yeah, and talking it out a lot. Hmm. Um, but that really, like, I must emphasize that doesn't mean that you can't or shouldn't be angry.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's. I think it's important. I, I, I personally, I feel like we were, well, we, well, we were taught that pretty much any of our emotions and needs and desires as kids were uh, just unnecessary and, and not something to be, you know, to be given, to, be, to place any value upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and especially if there were so so-called negative emotions, like, ang- mm-hmm. you know, like anger or anything like that. So all that stuff's just been, you know, squashed from a young age. And I think it's, uh, I think it's important to have to be able to, to express that. Um, Definitely uh, I agree um so what happened What happened once this minister came to you and gave you the book, like what did you read the book um,
1: uh, yeah, so I read some of it um, I kind of didn't take it super seriously. I kind of hoped the whole thing would just go away. yeah, um I read some of it, and I was like, oh God, this is really uncomfortable, you know, it talks about um i haven't read it in a long time and i haven't Mm. wanted to read it because i don't want to read why why would you (laughs) yeah well i mean i'm curious to know but like there's certain things like same-sex attraction is derived from the uh by not having the proper love uh from the same-sex parent so yeah that's a trope that they
0: they they talk a lot about in that
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, all of these things that they, that they teach have been debunked. Yeah. You know, like I, I I'm saying this as someone who doesn't necessarily have the evidence and citation in front of him, but you can look it up. Yeah. You know, like Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say some things that, uh, i i think you should absolutely research on your own uh it's very very important too because i'm sure someone's going to be like i'm sure yes you can be you you can be straight Mm. like uh no you can um you can repress your sexuality and force yourself (laughs) to be straight you're not actually changing anything yeah yeah but yeah that what they what they teach is really like you're you're not gay or queer because of or trans I don't know if they they probably talk about trans issues now at that point they didn't
0: yeah at that point um, yeah I I, I I think the gay
1: community didn't even really yeah. like yeah wanna, it wasn't
0: spoken about a lot in, in the yeah. way it is now
1: um but uh yeah as you know you're this way not because that's uh, who you are or anything to deal with genetics it's because something traumatic happened to you yeah. you know at a young age yeah and you know it <sighs> It really sucks that um, my life is the way it is because uh, I believed it. Uh, I I bought into it and I didn't like that I bought into it because it it made sense. And I was like, I had traumatic experiences that were sexual when I was younger. Mm. I had a very difficult relationship with my dad. I had an uncomfortably close relationship with my dad for a long time
0: so did you did you like bring it all back to that um that moment in the house with you and with you and that girl absolutely whoa
1: jesus along with other things that have happened you know like Ah. but yeah so i didn't read too much of that book at first now if you remember that journal um yeah i was still writing in it um, and I wrote things in pretty graphic detail because I had only intended for me to read it. It okay. wasn't for anybody else. Okay.
0: I thought this might be making a, is, I thought this might be coming back.
1: Yep. Uh, so one day I left it on my desk and was running late to school and left it. And I came back from school and my stepmother was standing at the front door, face red with tears, holding the journal. Oh. They read it they knew everything they knew about the boyfriend um, that didn't exist but i didn't write in my journal that he was fake i wrote in my journal that he was real
0: yeah
1: so for all intents and purposes i had a real boyfriend they ran it and a they re- is, yeah i had a real relationship Yeah. and you know it was it was a disaster it was an absolute disaster oh. it was a huge huge fight There was a lot of crying and screaming God. and so uh my parents took me well my stepmom took me to see uh the pastor of that church and we had a little sit down the
0: three of us the same pastor who that same pastor approached you before okay yeah wow and uh I just have to say this guy's probably the least qualified person to have this, this conversation with with anyone. Yeah. But,
1: like, Supposedly he's a he he has counseled many church families, but he's
0: just a pastor. He's just yeah, and then a pastor is just some guy. This that's how it's just some guy who, who probably used to, you know, sell roses on the side of the road for the church. Exactly. Like, like you know, has no like mental health qualifications at all. Exactly. Uh um. Anyways, but yeah, he
1: so so yeah. So I was I was in his office with uh with my stepmom sitting next to me. And he was like, Well, here we are again. Um mm. I, you know. I, I I gave you that book to read. Did you read it? Hmm. I was like, well, a little bit. He's like, well, since you're here and now we know all the details about this, uh, we need to know exactly where you are. Um, we need to know if you're fallen or not hmm. so we can figure out where to go from here. So what have you done? And be specific. Oh fuck. Man. It was like, you know, have you have you kissed? Have no. you had oral sex? No. Have you had anal sex? Have you done this and that? No. I, was, I had to, you know, and keep in mind, all of this was fake. <laughs>
0: When this was made
1: up, did you tell them it was fake? No, I did. Because (laughs) what am I going to (laughs) do? Like, I wrote about it in a journal in lengthy detail. Like, how, like, how are they going to believe me if I tell them it's fake? There's no way, and I'm so terrified of th- at this point. I made so many people believe it. I told my high school friends. I told my church friends, like I, I, I talked talked about it at my church group in One Heart Camp. Like I made it real. Oh man. I made it so real that there's no going back at this point. There's no being like, oh, I lied about the whole thing. Because then it just looks like I'm just trying to back out of responsibility because it's
0: mm. the most
1: the the most serious thing.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And for people who don't know, this is like, you know, the most serious thing that you could defer to us growing up in the church. Yeah. Um, not
1: not only fallen. Uh, not only having sex before marriage. Yeah, but but, like, but gay like gay sex fallen. before gay, marriage. Gay fallen yeah. is
0: like worse than normal fallen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Like a special place in hell for you yeah exactly,
0: fucker. exactly,
1: um, yeah, so I had to admit two things that i hadn 't done, um, and basically, whoa, yeah, he was like, well, okay, um, i don 't think you 're completely fallen, but you 're very close, so you 're going to need to do these these conditions, you know, it was like prayer conditions, fasting conditions, whatever it was for a certain amount of days. You're going to read this book. You're going to watch these lectures. um, And we're, you know, you need to, first of all, never, ever see this boy again. You're not allowed, like, to go out unsupervised. Um, And, you know, you need to report back to me.
0: Um, And was the, the whole, like, we don't know if you're fallen thing, is that, is, 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 is that because like, so I, I'm going to pause it a guess and, and you tell me if, if I'm right here, basically. Okay. So I think I know where you're leading. Yeah. Basically, if you put it in a badge that's, that's, that's game over. That's your Fallen, right? But if you don't, anything that's not a badge is, could be technically not Fallen. So. Kinda, kinda, it, yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't that, trying to get, I wasn't that, trying to get
1: too into the details, but, that, but basically, It was like, have you had oral sex? Yes. And, you know, from whom to whom? And I I specified. And then have you had anal sex? No. Okay. So no anal sex, no vaginal sex. Okay. And so, like, I don't know what their position is. (laughs) Excuse me, position. (laughs) (laughs) That Definitely not pun intended, but,
0: or maybe it was, I don't know.
1: Okay. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know how, where okay. they stand. Okay. On on that. Yeah, because
0: I feel like that's a kind of a gray area. Like on the one hand, they're like being gay is the worst sin in the world, but on the other hand, it's like well, it didn't go in a vage, so maybe there, maybe there's maybe. uh maybe you know maybe maybe there's some you know wiggle room in the in in this in the rules here. Um, okay. Yeah, past right.
1: the foul so, line technicality, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <So>. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, so <clears throat> uh, I, I've said this a couple of times before. Uh, I feel like I got off light um, okay. with what I experienced. Um, okay. I don't know who you've got lined up for interviews, um, but I have met a few people over the years in the church and not yeah, yeah. who have gone through conversion therapy that was brutal. Oh, Jesus. Um, I've heard stories of people who have not survived i've you know people who have taken their lives uh, oh my god know... In,
0: from the uc no
1: not from the uc okay not but just from conversion therapy yeah okay you know
0: yeah i've, okay. I've
1: heard people who were sent away to camps people who had medical treatments done people who had surgeries yeah. done yeah. uh to try and correct it um it's it's pretty horrific wow um i i read a book and watched some lectures but that yeah. little bit alone, plus like the behavior of my parents and the pastor and the church, caused really severe traumatic experiences and like things that last to this day. Things mm. that programmed me deeply for to hate myself. That caused self-loathing. That caused yeah. suicidal thoughts. I can imagine. Um, and just to give you an example, of like I I got a taste of it essentially and like just to show you how how incredibly dangerous these these ideas are these concepts are um with how badly they affect people even if it's just a little bit
0: oh man yeah. jesus christ so what i'm just trying to like so what happened ap- after um like what happened when you left that that meeting with the, with the pastor.
1: So life was very uncomfortable with my parents. Um, They, uh, they, I I used to take the, uh, the public bus to school. Like in Oakland, there's no school buses. You just take the, you know, the the regular transit buses. Um, And uh, I used to, you know, maybe hang out with my friends a little bit after school and then take the bus home, you know? Then it was like, nope, we are chaperoning you twenty four seven. You can't oh. hang out with anybody. Um, they, they, I wasn't really allowed to hang out at people's houses, regardless. But um, you know, we're driving you to and from school and keeping you oh. under lock and key. Can't see anybody. Can't talk to anybody. Like, no, very strict rules. Mm. Church only. Um, and uh, I, I, I read the book. Or at least most of it. Um, I, I watched the lectures, and they took me to a uh, a non church therapist that didn't supposedly didn't have anything to do with conversion therapy. Uh, but it was a very very uncomfortable experience. It was basically like, how can we get this family back on track? You know, okay um, <clears throat> that that sort of thing.
0: So like, focus on like, you're as you're the problem that the family is trying to solve.
1: Well, I'm one of the problems. Okay. Um, my dad's anger is a big part of the problem. Mm. My stepmother blames herself for not getting us up at 5am to do hundoke enough, you know, not going to church enough, not tithing enough, not fundraising enough, Mm. uh, not praying fasting sacrificing you know paying indemnity doing conditions whatever excuse that can be made not uniting with your father like not you know wow. a- any any way that she can self flagellate and blame herself um
0: that's what she does jesus
1: um and i know she's not alone in this in this behavior but she's oh, a little yeah. extra okay she she's she's <laughs> that excuse me she's definitely a little bit extra uh she tends to go kind of overboard with things um but uh um yeah so i i just went through this very strange period of like i was still in 10th grade with you know seeing my friends and really really hating myself but at the same time really wishing that I could just embrace the side of myself. Mm. So that, that caused things like, um, uh, I would, uh, I, I pulled, pulled a prank at school where I set all the computers in the computer lab, uh, all the wallpapers to, uh, photos of emo boys making out. <laughs> yes.
0: <Amazing>. Um, <laughs>
1: And then uh, one of the teachers started a GSA at the school, a gay straight alliance club. Okay. And I was furious and I ranted and raved and said, how dare you bring this into the school? Like, this is horrible. Like, how could you support this whole gay rights thing? Like gay people are evil and the horrible. And like, again, the, the two words. Yeah. (laughs) um and you know hanging out with my friends and we're all talking about you know who we have crushes on and then i'm you know like oh right i'm supposed to hate myself for this and yeah you know i'm just back and forth and back and forth and i remember going to one of the the winter workshops where instead of summer camp you basically like have winter camp inside the church yeah and you know i've been to a few of those Yeah. yeah there there's one there was one ceremony where like we went up to the top of Twin Peaks in San Francisco, which is you know what moon has uh, uh, claimed as a holy ground yeah there's one in every every state supposedly mm-hmm. uh we're basically went and blessed the ground, so now it's a holy holy place, yeah. so we went we all went up there at night and we went it was like a big circle around uh at the top um in the middle of the night, and we all stood facing out and everyone screamed and cried and prayed at the top Mm. of their lungs. And I remember being there, just like screaming out to God, like, where the fuck are you? Mm. I'm in so much pain. I'm hurting so much. Like, I just want to be a good son. I just want to be a good child. Like, why can't I get this right? Mm. Why? why am I fucking up so much? Like, why do I have all this shit to deal with? Like, why do I have to have these feelings? Why do I have to have these experiences? Why can't you just show your face? You know, that was my last ditch effort. Like, I'm trying. Mm. Can you give me something? And I felt nothing. Um, And I, I, that was a moment where I, I realized like, I think I'm done. I think I'm really done with this, but I was, I think probably maybe 16 or 17. So still had to write it out a bit. And, but at that point I was feeling very much like I'm, I'm going to get out of this. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Okay. Um, so 10th grade wraps up. Um, and, uh, all my friends are in, Excuse me, 11th grade. Sorry, I spent two years there. Okay. I got a little mixed up. Okay. Um, 11th grade wraps up and all my friends are in 12th grade. They're all graduating. Yeah. And if I stay the next year, I'm going to be left behind alone. Like I won't have any, like I knew some people there for sure, but they weren't as close of friends. And like I had my close knit group of friends and I wanted to stay with them. Yeah. And I was failing anyway, and looking like this might be another repeat. I might be doing eleventh okay. grade all or, all over again. Like who knows? Like at this point, it doesn't matter. There's no way I'm going to college. Okay. I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. So I decide that I'm not going to go back. Um, and there are a couple church kids who are doing homeschooling. And, uh, I, th- I think I was like, I think I'm going to try doing that maybe. Um, and, uh, there was a, uh, there was an incident that happened where I was borrowing a church member's guitar, um, for one of the, there was like a mini camp in Oakland. Okay. Um, and they asked me to play guitar there because yeah. that's what I was doing during like at that point I was playing guitar in the church service. Yeah. On Sundays. Uh so I borrowed his guitar while we were driving, it fell out of the back of our trunk and a car row ran over it and smashed it to pieces. And he was not <laughs> understanding in the least. He's like, You're paying me back for it. I'm okay. like, with what money? I'm a teenager. <laughs> and my parents don't have any money. So I was like, well, I guess I'll get a job. My dad has been hinting at me for a couple of years now to get a job. Okay. So okay. Sure. Um, so I'm like 17, and I get a job at Domino's. Okay. Um, and it's great. Like I, I love, you know, being at work. I got it through a friend of mine, uh, who was also a friend from high school. Uh, and because I have a job, and I decided to quit school and start doing homeschooling with some church kids, they let up on me a little bit. They're like, "Okay, who's mm. you know." He's doing well. He's he's less influenced now, and he's okay. making money, and he's bringing okay. some money home. You know, okay. and of course, you know I have to pay some of that into the family, yeah. as expected. Um, but uh, around that time, uh, I'm on MySpace, and a friend from high school posts, um, says so and so is uh, looking for a boyfriend. Are mm. there any takers? <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, this is my opportunity. <laughs> uh, I can make it real this time." They're <laughs> um, like,
0: "Does he look like Jason Miles?" He... <laughs> <laughs> oh, to hear that name
1: reflected back in me is so weird. Uh, no, no, he did not. Okay. But no, no, he was very cute. He was a raver, uh, okay. party party boy, uh, and. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> how How can we? How can we make this work? Uh, and he lived in Berkeley, not far. Uh, he lived actually pretty close to the train station, so it was very convenient. He also lived very close to uh, one of my best friends uh, from the church, who lived yeah. in Berkeley, and okay. um, and I was very very close with their fami- family family, um, and I would hang out there a lot. So it was kind of a safe excuse. I mm, like, oh, oh, I'm oh i'm going over. to see my friend but then yeah yeah okay you know, it was like i'm allowed to go to church family's house you know right. because that's okay like, yeah let yeah. me know how long you're ah, gonna be okay. there and yep. know, it's totally fine because that's yeah. happened before yeah um and uh that that gave me an excuse to go to berkeley and meet him and the first day i met him i was like oh my god i'm in love uh he he was this very edgy kid um, who you know smoked pot and drank and like had a whole group of friends and kind of not quite delinquents but like just like party kids and mm-hmm. like his parents were very liberal and didn't didn't really care and I was like oh my god will will you be my boyfriend he was like shut up sure okay whatever <laughs> you're adorable.
0: Um, yeah I love it I love it because like I bet you you were probably shitting yourself when you asked that question to him Mm -hmm. and he's like yeah whatever just
1: (laughs) yeah it's like (laughs) this is not my first time (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but it's like super serious to me yeah um so yeah so that that ended up happening and I kept it secret for a little while okay um before I get to that story Mm -hmm. I actually remembered something that I, I I just wanted to insert real quick about the conversion time oh yeah uh so going back to Hearst House, um at the time uh there was this group called BTA, Blessed Teens Academy.
0: Okay.
1: I don't know if you heard about it or not. I have
0: I've heard about it. It's like every every episode or every interview, there's like <laughs> a new three letter acronym that, right. that that comes out, at least one. There's uh, so
1: many. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god.
0: I think this is the it kind of rings a bell, but there's so many. So I maybe, maybe not. Who knows?
1: yeah so at the time that was for like the wayward teens like the the fuck-ups oh you know? so,
0: so it was specifically for the, the like okay interesting yeah okay.
1: for the ones who were like either like they had been dating or doing something suspicious or like yeah. maybe they had fallen you know okay. this was the place for them to like okay. reindoctrinate them whip them into shape okay and i actually wanted to go uh one because it would get me away from my parents and two because i wanted to be a good kid
0: so was was it like a you would sleep away there it was a you would go live there it was a boarding school
1: yeah essentially okay it's like is like mini stf for like
0: Uh, i see okay
1: yeah kind of thing okay um and um i wanted to try and be straight um wow and uh The reason I mention it also, what reminded me is that one day there was a big fight with my parents and I was in, please don't judge me. I was in socks and sandals. I was hanging out at home uh, in like sweats and socks and sandals. And it was like, you know, in the summer, something like that. But I was inside where there's AC and big fight with my parents. They locked me out of the house. Uh, And I didn't have my wallet or anything like that, so I walked from Oakland to Berkeley in my sweats and socks and sandals. How far is how far is
0: that? Just for context, it's
1: far. <laughs> it's like, um, it's from one city to another. Essentially, okay. it's like okay. it took me several hours. I can't okay. remember how right. how okay. long exactly, but I walked to my friend's house, who was wow. like the church family there. Okay. Um, and um, I. I remember I, I would, I thought like, maybe I'll go to BTA and they'll take me in, you know, at that point. And that was when I started thinking like, maybe I should go be part of them. Yeah. That, that, when that, that okay. fight happened. Okay. So once I made up with my parents, I talked to them about it. Like, yes, absolutely. Let's get you in, into BTA. You know, like <laughs> that's, that's, that's very good of you. Yeah. um So we went and talked to them um. And the woman who ran it, she basically said, no, no, we're not taking you. Whoa. Cause too, too troubled to, too like, we don't know where to put you. Like okay. if you're, if you're dealing with same sex attraction, like we can't put you into the boys. Mm. And, and I wasn't like, I, the way I identify now is pansexual, like okay. I have attraction regardless of gender, Okay, but at the times like, bisexual, bi-curious, okay. you know, okay. They're like, okay, we can't put you with the boys. Something's mm-hmm. going to happen. We can't put you in the girls for obvious reasons. Mm. We don't know where to put you. There are no individual rooms. You're not sleeping okay. with the parents Yeah, and we don't know how to fix you. So goodbye.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, like we, we can't, we can't have you here.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was a huge punch to the gut. It was like, I'm trying, I'm trying to be good. Yeah. And every step of the way, you're telling me like, no, that's, that's not going to work. Yeah. So, that was another like, all right, I guess this is probably not for me. Mm. Um, so back to the boyfriend thing, the real boyfriend uh, this time. Yeah. Um, so I start to see him in secret mm. and I start to go out quite a bit and uh more than just going to work. And my parents start to get a little suspicious. Um, and uh one day they called uh the church family's house to see if i was there yeah and i wasn't and when i excuse me when i came home they said well where were you mm. like oh i was at you know so-and-so's place I'm like no you weren't where were you oh uh, i was at this other friend's house you know it's no big deal it's like what friend oh just friend from school you know so so. who I was like uh uh you know i said his name um and like why didn't you tell him tell us about this you know this person like uh i I thought you would get mad like well yeah we are mad
0: mm.
1: <laughs> you know um but they kind of let it go it was like well you can't you know like you you, you can't do that mm. um and then it, it, the, the timeline is kind of vague, but I went back there a couple more times, either with them knowing or without them knowing. But either way, it was kind of like I was trying to introduce him as like, he's just this other friend right? He's from okay. high school. There's okay. nothing suspicious about yeah. him. Um, you know, if I just make him part of the normal group, pretend they won't suspect yeah. anything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But... Um, Uh, eventually, you know, like, I think i stayed there really late one day (laughs) for (laughs) obvious reasons. Um, and they were pretty pissed off. And I, at at one point they just put two and two together and they confronted me about it. I'm like, he's your boyfriend, isn't he? Mm. You're dating him. And I said, yes, I am. Wow. And I want to date him. Mm. Wow. And Um, it was the ultimate fight. It was screaming and crying and, you know, my dad saying like, if you, if you see him, you're not coming back. You're not allowed back in this house. If you do this. you either leave him, you don't see him anymore. And we go back to, you know, the pastor and we, we, we do this whole thing that you were supposed to be doing or you're gone. And I was like, well, then I'm gone. And I started packing my stuff, and my stepmom confronted me at, at, at in the doorway of my room and blocked me from trying to leave. And she was screaming at me, "Is like, you want to go die of AIDS? Is that what you want? Oh, like, yes. you want to go live this dirty, sinful life? Like, how could you? How could you do this to us? Mm-hmm. You know, don't you know what you're doing?" And I was like, "Yes, I do know what I'm doing, and I don't care if I die of AIDS. You know, mm-hmm. like." <laughs> and wow. I, I just, I packed a bag of my stuff and I, I left. And at that time I had a little cell phone, um, that I was paying for. Cause you know, of course they wouldn't let me have one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I called him and like called him crying, panicking. I was like, yeah. I just got kicked out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where to go. And he's like, okay, okay, we're coming to get you. Oh. So like him and his sister came and picked me up. And brought me back to their house. And his parents took me in. And they were wow. like, your parents are horrible. We're going to take you in. You're coming to live with us.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Jesus. Um, they they took me in like their own son. And it was God, really God. wonderful. Just,
0: just um, think about the humanity yeah. there. Like, God damn. God, I love these people, man. Like, yeah. just think about the humanity there. Jesus. I I, I love them a lot. But I'm still close to them to this day. Wow. Wow. So jesus
1: um and so my parents freaked out of course you know um tried to call me and i never answered and they didn't know where he mm-hmm. lived obviously so they couldn't find okay. me it's a good thing and a couple of days later they just you know they kept blowing up my phone and they're like we just want to talk we just want to talk and so i i eventually decided like all right i'm gonna to talk to them especially because you know like i've only got a bag of of some of my things you know yeah like some some clothes yeah um and like, look, okay, you can come home. Just we we just want you to come home, you know. And here go the old recruiting tactics again. Oh. So I I I came home and at first it seemed like they were saying, like, you can come home and you can still see him just don't talk about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then it was uh you can't stay the night you know you cannot stay the night at his house because at this point i'm 18 so they can't Uh, totally make me do anything okay um and then it was you you can't see him anymore
0: so they crept it they crept it up on you
1: yeah it was like no if you're going to live here you can't see him anymore i was like we're back to square one goodbye yeah so i i left for real and took you know most of my stuff and said probably better
0: prepared the second time to like know what you needed to take and like yeah
1: yeah so i always tell people like i left slash was kicked out yeah um and so yeah i went to live with them uh while we were dating and uh kind of cut my parents off um and uh I was still playing in the church band on Sunday. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, It's something I really love. Yeah. And uh, I remember at one point I called in the middle of the week, I called the band leader up and I said, Hey, uh, so when's practice this week? And he said, "Um, well, we're, uh, we, we know about your lifestyle Mm. and what you're doing. And we, we, we can't support that and you cannot represent us on stage at church if you're living like that. So you can't come back. So I said, okay. And I hung up and I never spoke to him again. Jesus. Um, supposedly he apologized to my dad. What? On, on <laughs> to path. your dad? But like, like later come on, like, dude like instead of apologizing like, to me directly. Yeah. I've seen him since. Okay. And um you know, there's there's never any direct apology, it was sort of just like, hey. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it was just I don't think he thinks he did anything wrong, really. Like, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure in his mind he was doing the right thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but that was the moment I was like, I'm done with the church. Yeah.
0: 100%. Yeah. I was completely done. Yeah. So Jesus man, that's crazy. Wow. Do you and what happened? What happened with the the guy and the and the and the family? I mean, I still so my hat's off to this family. Like that's so awesome <laughs> that they just took you in like that. Like, fuck yes, man. Yeah. That's like um, that's like real love and compassion right there. Like, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's actually that's also a common theme in my life of like other people. Helping take care of me, aside mm. from my parents, you know, there yeah. were a lot of, there were a lot of families, a lot of other parents who who helped and made me feel loved. Yeah, that love that I didn't get from my parents, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, to to my dad's credit and to my stepmom's credit, they tried. They just they're they're in a fucked up situation too you know i again like i was very angry at them for for a very very long time and i still have some anger about it um we'll get to to that in a moment Mm -hmm. um but yeah so so that family uh they you know they took me in and they really helped me a lot um uh, I may as well just say his name. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, Garrett. Okay. This is his name. Okay. Um, and he might even be listening to this now. I don't All know. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, his his parents took me in and and really supported me, and he showed me so many things. Like he was one of the, like I, I have a whole lifetime of people being like, have you seen this thing? And I'm like, no, no, I haven't. I'm like, how could you have not seen this thing? Like, <laughs> uh, long let story. Me, let me tell you. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Do you have several hours to listen to a podcast yeah. about it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, he showed me a lot of things. He introduced me to like a lot of queer culture and okay. like some movies that really impacted me. Okay. And like... Okay took me to Rocky horror picture show for the first time. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It was amazing. What are, what
0: are some of the films?
1: Uh, one of them in particular was Hedwig and the angry inch. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: that movie, I was just like, I, I, I see so much of myself in this character Mm -hmm. that I didn't think that I would. And it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, another film uh, that was made by the, the lead actor in that film called Short Bus, which is a uh, <laughs> uh, watch at your own risk. Okay. Um, it's real sex scenes with real couples, real people, um, okay. but it's a movie like it's an actual okay. movie with a script okay. and like it's okay. not like just a porn yeah. the sex is there for a purpose okay um it's there to be a little bit shocking and prod- yeah. provocative but it's also there to like just show the real intimacy yeah. of like people's lives of like yeah. straight people gay people queer people trans people like that's yeah. you know okay um and it was just such an eye-opener yeah um he introduced me to a lot of a lot of music that Kind of knew about, but never really got mm-hmm. a chance to know about. Um, uh, like one one band that has stuck with me forever is the Dresden Dolls okay. uh, that he showed me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I didn't know why I liked it at first until I really dived deep into some of the lyrics. I'm like, I've, yeah, this is really, really relevant. Yeah. There's so much music and movies and, and things. Like it's, I, I wish I had a list in front of me. There's, yeah. yeah right. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you want, it, we, yeah if like you we, want we can go into some specifics of that
0: yeah. yeah no i am i mean this is this is one of the things that i like talking about is is like is like certain kind of like cultural i think for everyone it's different but and some people it's not like a film or a book or or, or, or something or something that resonates with them but for me, certainly along the way, there have been certain turning points in my life mm-hmm. where I felt like like something, like a book I read or a film I saw, I'm like, oh my God, this really speaks to me and to my experience. And it actually really helped me through something. So I'm, yeah. I'm curious for other people who've been through similar experiences, like what are those touchstones and how sure. cool would it be to share that with someone else for, to, that it could be impactful for? So yeah, I'd love to talk about that.
1: Yeah, Um well, uh when... When I was about, uh, 12, 13 in, in Wheatland, um, I actually, uh, my, my dad signed up for like, um,
0: like BMG. I remember that collection. Yeah. I forgot how it was like, you paid like, like $20 and you got like 15 CDs or something. And then you got like Mm -hmm. a CD a month after that or something like that. I forget that. I remember we signed up for that too. Like, yeah, I forget the specifics, but.
1: So uh, my brother got a collection of CDs um, and let me borrow some of them. One of them was Savage Garden. Mm. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers Savage Garden. I remember Savage Garden. (laughs) (laughs) It was interesting because it was like, it was, you know, like 2001, 2002 at a time when like gay people were still kind of iffy in in, in culture. And uh, the whole thing about Savage Garden was like, they're not gay. But they're gay, like you know, they're like very clearly they are, and everything they sing about, and like their whole, the whole aesthetic is very gay. Yeah. uh But no, no, they're not gay. No, 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 we got to market this to straight people. (laughs) Yeah. But like the the opening song to that album, it's so it's just a rush, and I remember like listening to the lyrics and they didn't totally make sense as a preteen, but I remember sitting and just crying and listening to this. Like this means so much. And like, uh, there's one lyric that was like, um, it, it, Oh, the song's called affirmation. If you you want to look it up, Savage garden affirmation. Okay. And it's, it's all these affirmations. And, um, uh, I believe that, uh, trust is more important than monogamy. Uh, I believe that your most attractive okay. features are your heart and soul. That family is worth and more than money or gold. Um, uh, I believe you can't control or choose your sexuality. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of things in there, and I was like, yes, this mm. is this is so true. There, there was one album in particular. Um, it was the first album I was allowed to buy with my allowance and okay. it didn't actually get an allowance but it was like i don't know, it was like you're like my birthday like you can get a cd yeah what what kind of what cd do you want yeah. and at that point we had just seen the matrix and i was like i want the matrix soundtrack oh nice i, I want it I, and they my parents were like uh, uh, <laughs> they're like
0: fuck we shouldn't have made that
1: offer <laughs> Um are you sure you don't want like this collection of disney songs or you know something i was like no 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 i want the matrix soundtrack they're like okay okay you can get the matrix soundtrack um and mistake.
0: Such if a mistake. they had
1: Seriously, there's so many times things like that happened. And if they had known the content, they would have ripped it right out. Yeah. Um, but the first song is Marilyn Manson, uh Rock is Dead. Yeah. And you know, there's a lyric that says God is in the TV. And it's (laughs) like it starts out and it's just this this whole visceral experience. It's like my first real experience with with harder music. And it just blows my mind. And the whole album speaks to me. Uh, It's got uh, Deftones, uh, My Own Summer, which uh, the main lyrics of the chorus say, shove it aside, uh, or he's screaming, shove it aside. I thought he was saying suicide because I'm a stupid little teenager that can't understand lyrics. But I'm sitting there again, like at my desk, Mm. like... In headphones, just like, yeah, suicide, mm-hmm. like feeling all these emotions, yeah. and like this, you know, like this music speaks to me on such a deep level. And, um, uh, there's another song that's like a, a, like, kind of a trippy drum and bass, or like, I don't know, one of those old garage, yeah, style, yeah, um, uh, techno hits, whatever you call it, electronica, uh, and there's a little audio clip in it that just repeats to set me free and
0: mm, like, yes
1: yeah i want to be i want to be set yeah. free and yeah that that whole apparently a lot of us uh the matrix spoke to
0: mm, um it did yeah yeah i remember yeah well i remember when that film came out it was a big deal like when it when it came out and like watching it i, I saw it tw- i saw it either two times or three times in the movie theaters which is rare f- rare for me but mm-hmm. yeah i think it did sp- i it's one of those things i, would, I it kind of spoke to me i didn't quite realize why it spoke to me at the time but then but then like I, now i'm like oh it's fucking obvious but <laughs> yeah. uh, but at the time yeah it was it was quite but it was also weirdly i think like co-opted by the church as well like people mm-hmm. there, there are all the all these sorts of things where the church the church the church tries to make it about them and they're like yeah t- did you know uh you know yeah it's about people trying to free themselves from satan or you know Mm -hmm. know, something Mm -hmm. like that they always try and twist it for themselves
1: oh absolutely you can totally read it in a religious context where it's you know they're waking up from what is the satanic world it's it's absolutely the whole experience of um their indoctrination into the church of like being woken up to the truth of like what's going on around them and then they have to save the world yeah so yeah, yeah it's
0: whereas for it, us it's the opposite it's like realizing that you were born into the matrix basically for real yeah for
1: real another one um it, it's so it's so funny uh, cuz my like, like i said you know my dad was so adamant about being against certain things yeah uh but then would kind of promote certain things for me <laughs> like um he when i was a teenager he got me a copy of clerks
0: and that's not a crazy thing for a parent in the church right. to buy for their kids what right the
1: well i think it's like a rent like a rented copy or something yeah. like from the library or okay. something but he did it because he was trying to persuade me to get a job at that point i think it was like 16 oh, okay and yeah. he was like you know yeah. you might like this movie like it yeah. might, okay. you know you might want to get a job if you yeah. watch clerks okay <laughs> and I watched it, and I was like, I can't let him know what this movie is about. <laughs> <laughs> he will take it away from me. This is precious. <laughs> I have to, like, there's so many times where things like that happen that it just makes me question, like, was he secretly trying to secularize me? Uh, maybe. And get me interested in things that are, like, worldly. Because he had a mm. whole life before the church that he yeah. speaks very fondly of. yeah you know he was a he was a hippie and and like artsy guy in london in the 60s you know yeah. he's he was at the center That's pretty awesome yeah <laughs> yeah um and so there's a lot of stuff that he he reflects on fondly and a lot of experience that he talks about in, in a positive way and it's funny because he made me want to be a hippie growing up as a teenager
0: yeah.
1: i was so obsessed with the idea of being a hippie and mm. and the beatles and all that kind of stuff yeah and actually in preparation for today, I was actually, I was listening to some Beatles to try and get me back in that mindset. Oh, okay,
0: interesting. And I
1: was realizing like listening to Strawberry Fields Forever and and uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and, and remembering how I felt when I first heard that music. Mm. I was like, this must be what it feels like to be high. Hmm. i want to go like i want to do drugs i want I want to <laughs> try this this must be so much fun uh if it feels like this yeah absolutely yeah. and you know I, i've definitely done some drugs and it doesn't really feel like <laughs> that if it, some of it is pretty mind-blowing like that for sure yeah. but um yeah i even remember one point he was like okay you want to be a hippie huh let's watch documentary about woodstock let's see what hippies really are like you know (laughs) and he was trying to show me like how kind of how gross they were and how satanic they were but all it did was just make me like bet you that backfired like this looks fucking awesome like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i want to do this (laughs) oh Oh. so weird
0: (laughs) um wait so okay so okay so hold, hold on i want to go back to um yeah just this guy this guy garrett and his family like so what like what happened what happened with him i mean it was a long time ago i'm assuming you guys aren't yeah. still together if you are then great but it's a <laughs> long time ago no it we're like not. By, the t- by the timeline but i'm wondering if you're like kind of still in touch and like what like yeah
1: yeah we're we're very close um to this day uh that's great that's awesome we um we dated for almost two years something okay. like that close to two years and uh it, it eventually just kind of fizzled out they were just you know we were very very young and yeah. like 18 19 yeah. and it, it just it just didn't work and it, yeah. you know it's fine it it was it was heartbreak but it was it was okay yeah you know? um and at one point we tried to get back together and realized like, nah, this is, this is mm. not going to work, yeah. but we've stayed really close friends. There was never any animosity. It was yeah. just kind of, it was just kind of sad, yeah. and, but now like we're, we're still very close and we, we still talk on occasion. Um, his parents helped support me Um, because I was working. I was insistent, like, I want to pay rent you know mm. i don't i want to pull my weight around here um i was raised to you know take care of things around the house to do chores to do laundry to to clean up after my own mess and yeah. to help support and to give money to the family um and they said no you know thank you for you know taking care of y- yourself but we want you to save your money so that you can go um get an apartment of your own
0: which is what oh. i did amazing <laughs> okay But But, you got it, you kind of like, so you were there for a while and then you got out and got your own, got your own place. Exactly. Yeah. At a pretty, at a pretty young age too, it sounds like.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So I I
1: learned to be a little bit self-sustainable, but also, like I said, I I had so much help getting propped up. Like his mom taught me about taxes Mm. and taught me about Credit cards and mm. how to open a bank account and yeah. um uh you know they just they I mean I'm trying to think of specific stuff and it's hard to but they just they educated me on so much that yeah. I had just not known that whole time was me just wandering around wide eyed going wow the world is so much more than i realized yeah like even though i was living in it but now that i'm like away from the church and away from my parents influence it's yeah. just it was mind-blowing
0: yeah yeah no that sounds awesome man yeah these guys yeah garrett's parents man my, my hats off to you
1: like <laughs> wherever you yeah. are and
0: wherever you are man you guys rock um yeah it's amazing um like i, I wish i wish all of us kind of like had had that support, like at some point in our, in our lives. Um, so yeah, my, yeah, my, my, my hat's off to them. Um, Definitely, Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I, th- I feel like there's so much more to talk about, but I, I need to start getting, getting ready for bed here. I got to work tomorrow. Um, but I do, sure. there's a, there's a few, maybe, maybe we can, we can come back another time, but also I think one thing that I want to ask you, and I've asked this to some other folks as well is, um what would you say to a younger version of yourself like what if you could knowing what you know now what would you say to your yourself you know i I don't know at the age of 15 16 17 uh and, and and also i think what you know what would you say to the other queer kids who might be listening Cause I, I think that's really, you're, 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 you're the first, the first queer person that I've had on. And I think, I think, I think your, your, your perspective could be really, just really interesting to, to that audience. Um,
1: I guess I'll start with the first one. Yeah. I have thought about this a lot, but Kind of hard to say. Mm. Well, first one is stop lying. (laughs) Mm. Uh, If you continue to lie, you're going to fuck up your life. Um, I learned that lesson the hard way. Mm. Um, I had a pretty, pretty horrible experience that I went through in my mid 20s and learned why I, I shouldn't lie. And I can make the excuse and say that lying was the way that I survived you know i would lie to my parents because it was easy and it was also um the best way that it felt to keep me safe um instead of telling them the truth about things it was better to keep things hidden but um it's so much better to take responsibility even though it's harder to just own up to things own up to your mistakes don't don't make stories You know, if if you make stories, they're stories, they're fiction. That's fine. Leave them in fantasy land. You know, um, the other thing is, um, hold on. Um, I know you feel suicidal. I know you feel like there's no point to life. You will find meaning. You will find a point to it. And, um, you might not believe me, um, but uh, at some point, a few years down the line, we lose a couple friends to it, and we realize exactly why we need to stick around and how, and this may sound selfish, but how suicide affects everyone else around you. Um, you know, there are so many people who care about you. And they're, they're there to love you and support you. And your parents might not be there for you right now, but there are plenty of people there with ready with open arms to come and scoop you up. And you're not alone in that either. Um, and then the other thing is don't be afraid to ask questions. Um don't feel like you're not allowed to know things you absolutely are it's just that information has been restricted for you you know for for a very long time and you you are allowed to know the answers you're allowed to ask questions don't keep yourself in the dark um, if someone doesn't want to give you the answer, ask someone else. Um, and all of this applies to the, uh, to the other queer kids who might be listening. It's yes. all these exact yes. same things. Yeah. Um, you can, I, 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 think maybe you might be able to put a link in the, uh, in the, in the description. Yeah. Yeah. You can link to my uh, Instagram account. Yeah, uh, for sure, I can put
0: it in. Yeah, yeah. But, but go ahead and say it. So, so
1: yeah. It's, yeah. it's at Yose Kun. It's Y-O-U-S-E-I-K-U-U-N. That's two U's. Um and uh you can feel free to shoot me a message. I'm I'm always down to have a chat. Even if I may not necessarily have time, I will I will find a moment to reply and I can help find you some resources and get you connected to a community. Um, but there are also tons of resources out there, um, especially now that society is starting to warm up to queer people and resources are becoming more and more available. Use them. If you feel trapped at home, um, there are resources out there for minors. If, uh, if you can wait until you're 18, there are places that will take you there are families that can support you lean on your friends you know just just survive any way you can there are there are lots of people ready to come scoop you up
0: yeah and I just want to um well thank you for that I really that's that's very meaningful to me and I hope will be very meaningful to other people as well um but I just want to like I just want to echo just a little bit of what you you mentioned so there's someone that i that i know who grew up grew up in the uc um uh who is lesbian um and kind of like went through all all the turmoil you know not too dissimilar from everything that you've described obviously different different flavors but you know all of the turmoil that you would imagine um And she's been, I know she's been suicidal at multiple points in her life. Um, uh, Thank God she never took action on it. And now she's on the, on the other side of that. And she's doing like a lot better. Um, Like she, I mean, it's taken, it, it has not been easy, but you know, I'm just really grateful that she never, she never took action on that. And, and her life is looking a lot rosier now um but it's just like her like her current partner her even her parents are actually accepting of her now um which they were and it took them a long time to long time to come around but um anyway i just wanted to echo that sentiment that that you that, that you mentioned of like you know if you're feeling those thoughts i i don't think i don't think feeling suicidal is uncommon at all amongst amongst kids who grew up queer and in and in this cult or other cults um and yeah anyway i just wanted to echo that sentiment of like like hold on things will get better and there are people out there um who are willing to who, who want to to embrace you mm-hmm. um damn i guess just on, on that note is there anything um is there anything else you want to like plug or you want to mention <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I, I don't really have anything in particular um, okay. I mean I'm I'm somewhat active on Instagram. Yeah. Um but I don't I don't I'm not really doing anything in particular. Um
0: Okay.
1: I guess uh, one thing I can say is that uh Chacha stayed with us through everything. <laughs>
0: yes, Chacha. i um, about her.
1: <laughs> she lived to be the ripe old age of 18.
0: Oh, nice. She okay. lived a
1: nice long life. Okay. Um and she was there with me through everything through thick
0: and thin oh, man. Amazing. So amazing. Oh, that's great to hear. I forgot. Yeah, I little forgot cap off about... yeah that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Well, yeah, I think we should wrap up for now, but I think we there might be another conversation to be had down the road. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, sure. But um, for now, yeah, let me just say, thank you very much. I'm going to hit stop recording, but we'll, we'll keep the mm-hmm. session open. Um, so yeah, cool. thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. No Survive any way you can. Thank you, Yose, for articulating that point so well. And for anyone who's listening, who may need to hear this, things do get better. Eventually... You decide who your family is. You decide who your friends are. The people that once surrounded you, who brought you down, you can get the fuck out of their grips. And the only power that they have over you is the power that you allow them to have over you. It's not an easy thing to do when you're young, but when you get older, you get resourced, you get friended up, And you define your life. That's why it's important to survive, because it does get better. I'm going to add a link to the show notes to a resource that includes a multitude of suicide prevention hotlines internationally. It's called Open Counseling. If you're ever in need of immediate support, the numbers are there globally. Give them a call. Yosei's here. You can talk to him. If you need support, you can reach out to me. And honestly, I think nearly all of my guests would welcome the opportunity to be there for someone else in their time of need. Thank you again, Yosei, for stepping forward. Thank you to everyone who helped with this. And thank you to you for surviving in whatever way that you could, and for continuing to survive in the future. I'm going to thank your future self for doing that for you and the people that love you and the people that will love you in the future. I'm out. See you next time.